2: He's a senior writer at The Ringer. You can catch uh, Howard Beck on The Real Ones podcast every Monday. And his most recent piece is about the Warriors, Draymond Green, and the state of the Golden State Warriors dynasty. Howard, how you doing, man? And let me let me start here because I think, you know, I've been introducing you all day for the last, teasing you for the last three hours about he wrote a story on the Warriors and the dynasty uh, in relation to other dynasties. but. For people that might think, ah oh, man, back wrote about the end of the Warriors dynasty. How would you dis- how would you uh, describe kind of what you wrote?
3: Uh, good to be joining you guys again. Thank you for having yeah, me. Appreciate
2: absolutely, the- buddy.
3: Appreciate the plug. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is uh, look. I'll, as a backdrop, before I answer your question, as a backdrop, I'll just say this. You know, four and a half years ago, whenever uh, June 2019, I was among the many who wrote. Basically, what I would call, as we obnoxiously do in in the journalism industry, an obituary for the Warriors' dynasty then, on the the night that that they lost to the Raptors and Clay had gone down and KD had gone down and everything was a mess. And we thought it was over, and there was good reason to think it was over, and of course, you know, it was not over. Um, And so I think I'm probably never going to to write them off. (laughs) Again, and even these, you know, a couple years later, and, and there's that much more age and mileage and everything else that that's happened. Um, to say nothing of obviously all the stuff with Draymond, it's easy to say, well, this looks like the end, and there's a lot of reasons to look at it and, and say, you know, maybe this is how it's how it goes. Maybe this is just, you know, one one blow too many, um, losing Draymond to this long suspension, everything else, and maybe it's not recoverable. I'm not there, and my piece is not about that. It's more about just the idea that, listen, if this thing is coming to a close, if, this, if the, the, the horizon is nearing, it's because that's what happens to dynasties. This is not about Draymond. My main thing was I was kind of reacting to the, the conversation around Draymond's suspension as, like, Draymond's going to kill what's left of the dynasty. And I, I just don't buy that. If the dynasty is ending, it's going to be because of everything else. It's going to be age and injuries and that these guys just aren't quite at the same peak they were even a, a year and a half ago when they won the last one. And, you know, there have been some, some bets made in, in the draft that didn't work out and signings that didn't work out. And But uh, the main thing to me was just putting in perspective of all the dynasties in NBA history because the vast majority of them last about eight or nine years, which is where they are right now. And if it's going to end, it, it's it's just because that, that's the nature of things. That's right. how these things go.
4: Yeah. And Howard, in the piece, you, you sort of define a dynasty as, as three years within a decade span. Obviously the Warriors have have four now. Um, but what, what, what do you think is the biggest reason for the quote-unquote dynasty being extended and is it also the reason why you wouldn't write them off this season? Well,
3: you know, that the dynasty had a second gasp in them after we all thought it might have been over in 2019, largely because Steph has also, you know, to talk about perspective here in terms from a historical standpoint, players like Steph, especially of Steph's size, don't generally remain this dominant, MVP-level dominant, this late in their careers you know he's turning i think he's turning 36 in march right so guards in general smaller guards tend to to fade out by now historically but steph has defied all that and steph is still playing at an incredible level and and what a performance last night and that's the main thing um you know there's probably other factors that went into their ability to to actually extend it Uh, you know look they caught lightning in a bottle to an extent, um, with with you know Jordan Poole having a breakthrough season, and then of course the Jordan Poole magic didn't last long enough, and now he's gone. Um, but uh, you know, in every single championship run, there's some things that break your way, and I think some things broke their way that season too. Um, but I think a lot of it is just simply that Steph, and to a lesser extent, uh, Draymond, were have been able to extend. They're their primes in a way, right? They're not in their primes right. anymore, technically, but they've been able to play at a certain level. And I think because they are, listen, they're both still playing at a really high level. So when Draymond gets back, and if Clay can sustain this run he's on, I, you know, like I, I'm not ruling anything out. I'm not about to predict a, another championship run, right. but there's there's still like there's still something there. And I would not write them off.
2: Hmm. Howard Beck joining us on ninety five seven. The Game. Senior NBA writer at The Ringer. His most recent piece was on the Warriors, Draymond Green, State of the Dynasty, and uh, comparing it with other dynasties. I look at it this way, and just bear with me, Howard. So you got Boston and L.A. Uh, to me, those are the two preeminent franchises, and they have had a multitude of superstars over decades and decades and decades. Then you have the Spurs, who were a dynasty, and they kept it going through the draft in large part, you know, Robinson to Duncan, then they got Kawhi. The Chicago Bulls are a team that never won. They they drafted Michael Jordan. He won 6, and they've never signed a free agent of huge import since. And when I look at the Warriors in the context of all the, you know, those five dynasties, do you think it's possible that after Steph retires that the Warriors may experience uh, a level of, of of restraint from free agents wanting to go there because of the shadow of curry similar to the shadow of michael jordan
3: it's a really interesting question um, and yeah i mean we can we can leap forward a little bit here as long as the listeners understand we are this is a hypothetical <laughs> sure. exercise and we are we are not declaring this thing over yet or any necessity no no or, exactly uh, yeah
1: <sighs> spring is a time of renewal so why not refresh your home with a little help from blinds.com
0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum ten dollars per order. Additional terms apply.
3: Um, I, I think a couple things happened after the Bulls dynasty uh, was was broken up, right? Like, so Michael retires in ninety eight, and they decided they made the, the decision as a franchise: we're not going to try to like extend this thing and find somebody else to play with Pippen. And but like, they were like, no, right. we're tearing this thing down. They even, as we know from the Last Dance, like they were telegraphing that before. Michael had even retired. They, they had decided this was it. And so I think in addition to nobody wanting to, to play in Jordan's shadow, which is definitely a thing, right? but but the Bulls also like –
2: Were kind of a mess. Play,
3: they were kind of a mess, and players and agents didn't really respect them gotcha. at that for, for a long time. Also, by the way, it's just really hard. It's like Very few teams have been able to construct a championship contender strictly through free agency. And so it, it's it, it's not entirely on the Bulls that they've never been able to reach those heights again, but they've also had some opportunities missed along the way. They've had misfortune, the Derrick Rose knee uh, injury back when they were first starting to emerge again. They were foolishly let go of Jimmy Butler when they traded him. Like, it, it's it's a lot of things that have caused the Bulls to have this, this long time out in the desert, basically, since the, the, the 90s dynasty. But, yeah, I mean, listen look what the Spurs have been going through. And now they've got Wembenyama and they've got all the the hope in the world again. But, you know, since the moment that they lost Kawhi Leonard, like, it didn't really look like the the Spurs were going to be heard from as a relevant team anytime soon again. And and now there's new hope there. But, you know, for a lot of teams, you just got to get lucky. Big market, small market, wherever. Um, It's going to require some good fortune. And, you know, we we refer to guys like Steph Curry as a -a once-in-a-generation player for a reason. You just don't get them very often. And so, yeah, look, I don't want to get dour uh, during the holidays here, but, yeah, when, whenever he finally retires, it, chances are it's going to be a while before they get to, to, to enjoy that level of success again.
4: Well, we certainly hope it's not for a while, but I'm, I'm with you. Life without Stephen Curry is going to be one that I, at this point, don't really want to imagine. But in, in regards to, to the dynasty conversation and bringing it back to Draymond Green, I, I'm with you that, he is not going to be the sole reason for if and when the dynasty ends because of the factors that you mentioned, Howard. But would it be fair to say that with his uh, you know kind of increasing amount of of incidents and antics uh, that impact the availability of his play on the court, is it fair to say that he might be accelerating the end of the dynasty, or is that going too far?
3: Yeah, I don't think I even would sign on to that one. I, I, I get it. I'm not telling anybody who's, who, who would put that premise out there that there's that they're completely wrong. Like, it's possible. But the thing is, as much as we say, well, like, my God, look at all these things that Draymond has, has done or all the things that that he's been involved in, the fact is, like, he's been in the league for whatever, a dozen years, and there were some other things along the way, but nothing that reached the level, especially in, in short a short span as the Rudy Gobert and, and Nurkic incidents in in such close proximity to each other. It does seem like something else maybe is going on there. And it feels like Steve Kerr sort of alluded to that. Uh, I'm not sure. I wasn't sure how to interpret it, but maybe, you know, like Draymond, even though he has a track record has never had this kind of repetitive offenses stepping over the line in, in such a short span of time. That so to to assume that that suddenly that's the new normal. He's going to come back and keep having these issues. Well, that's why he's going through the counseling or, or whatever steps he's taking right now. I'm going to assume because Draymond's a really smart and very thoughtful person, as as you guys know well. He's going to come back whenever he's reinstated, and I'm gonna I'm gonna guess that he's going to channel his his uh, intensity and aggression in a more constructive manner, as we've most of the time seen hmm. for the last. 10 years right and and they'll be fine that's my best guess if the if if this it's like i wrote if this thing ends sooner than later if this season is the last season that we see of this group it's going to be because of other things it's going to be because they decide not to extend clay and maybe he leaves as a free agent it may be because steve kerr decides to walk away and what are the you know look they can still win a ton of games obviously as long as you've got steph but if, if Clay isn't there, if Steve Kerr's not there, and Bob Myers is already gone, like, you're just missing all of these other elements that made that franchise special. It starts with Steph, but all of these other people that we've just named w- were hugely influential in this run. And so I think if it's over, it's going to be because of the slow attrition of losing other key figures. And and then the question becomes, well, what if you could find another, you know, a, a, you know, backcourt mate for Steph who can do some of the things that Clay did, you know, or who can be more of a 3 and D type next to him. Um can you find other ways to fill in the, the rotation that make them still a really high level team, but if it's not if Clay's gone, like I think you guys would agree, this is more than just sentimentality here. It won't seem like the same thing if Clay is gone. Um and I don't think they're going to trade Draymond, but what if that happened? Sure. What if Steve Kerr, what if Steve Kerr walks away? it, it, it they could still extend the run, but it won't feel like the same thing.
2: Right, right. Senior writer, senior NBA writer uh, at the ringer, Howard Beck, joining us. Let me, let me kind of get you out of here on, on this one, uh, Howard, and I appreciate your time. We do. Um, do Minnesota Timberwolves have a shot to win a title?
3: My only real skepticism there, and skepticism is even too strong of a word, perhaps, one, it's early, right? We're a quarter way into the season, a little bit more than a quarter way in. So let's see them do this for a little while longer before we start, you know, crowning them anything. Um, two, they just don't have any experience. Like they've had a couple – like Anthony Edwards has had like two playoff uh, appearances, and they both were first round and out. And it's pretty rare to, to go from that kind of team that's like a fringe playoff team that can't win a series – suddenly being a contender. Their record suggests that they are right now. Their defense certainly suggests that they've got a chance and they've got some really, uh, you know, like Anthony Edwards is a phenomenal player and Rudy Gobert's back to being a defensive wrecking ball. And, you know, Towns is obviously incredibly talented. Like the, the, the requisite stuff is there. Nas Reed has been excellent for them. There's like a lot of, a lot to believe in and a lot of good reasons to be positive. But the idea that, that, they're, that they can knock out the Nuggets or get to the Finals and then beat, the, say, the Celtics or Bucks, I think that's a lot to ask of a young team that just is just now starting to figure out who they are.
2: Yeah, it might be the year before the year. I, uh, I hear what you're saying. Hey, uh, Howard, thank you so much for joining us, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, great peace in the ringer. And happy holidays to you and your family.
3: Always a pleasure, fellas. You too. Take care.
2: Yes, sir. Howard Beck, formerly the New York Times, now of the ringer.
1: (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. limited limited time at blinds.com blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply baseball is back and so is mlb.tv watch every out-of-market regular season game on your favorite streaming devices anywhere anytime all season long follow the action live or on demand track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre and post game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
3: We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone
4: 15s? It's over here.
3: Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Mm-hmm.